when you're a member of the St. Lawrence Pastoral Team, sometimes you get a little crazy. You sunk my battleship! Getting wild, it's what you do. When you believe in Jesus, you often talk to God to thank him, seek his blessing, know his will, and bring your requests to him. Prayer, it's what you do. Oh man, thought I turned it off, sorry. I think I'll turn off it there. I got it. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, we're continuing our, uh, our series on stuff Christians do. Last week we talked about worship. Today we're talking about prayer. Now, the chapter on prayer in Believe, I think, does a great job of examining that topic from many, many different perspectives, but there's one that was missing, and that's the perspective that we want to consider today, and that is what happens when prayer doesn't work. Now, I have more questions than answers on this topic, but maybe we can gain some insights together. And we've got a couple of examples to share with you from things that I read recently. Uh, The first one was a Facebook post. It was written to uh, another pastor, actually, and and this was maybe a few weeks ago. The prairie said yesterday, work because, and then they named the one that, that was prayed for. That person's going home, not nursing home, but home. So why did that prayer work? Because the person got what they had prayed for. Uh, Reader's Digest, I don't know how many of you read that, I still read that. And uh, in the last issue, the Reader's Digest had a, an article about a little boy who uh, almost drowned. It was very miraculous that, that he didn't drown. And the end of the article was this. So how did the little boy, who by every objective measure was dead for nearly two hours, come back to life unscathed. His mother points out that his pulse returned just as local church groups were meeting to pray on his behalf. So that prayer worked because the boy miraculously recovered. I'm not saying that that either of those are incorrect understandings of how prayer works. I'm going to suggest that maybe it's not a complete understanding, that it certainly prompts a question about those times when prayer doesn't work. Why does it work sometimes and not all the time? I can tell you the exact moment the title for this sermon came to my mind. It was five weeks ago. Uh, Just after midnight on a Friday, I was sleeping in a chair next to Emily's hospital bed, and I heard, Dad, wake up, I think I'm leaking again. I can't explain and don't even want to remember the feeling that came over me. Emily had had, she was supposed to have one, but she ended up having three surgeries in four days to fix tiny little leaks in her intestine. The last surgery had been on Thursday morning, so about... 36 hours before, and so he just had started to breathe a little 
easier that maybe this time we were safe. You can't live with intestinal contents spilling into your abdomen, and you can't have surgery after surgery. Now, I'm a pretty optimistic guy, and I think my faith is, is usually, anyway, pretty strong. But when I heard those words, what, what came to mind is our prayers, all our prayers, because so many people have been praying for her. Our prayers didn't work. Some of you got an email about this um, maybe a week or so after that. Uh, let me just back up and say uh, she wasn't leaking. It was a false alarm. And she's been doing better ever since, and she's doing quite well now. So, uh, so we do thank you for your prayers. But a week or so after uh, this incident, I emailed something about this in, uh, in one of my uh, uh, messages that I send out sometimes. And I said, I'm going to preach a sermon sometime called When Prayer Doesn't Work. Got some pretty interesting emails back. Some of them, people were a little concerned for their pastor. They, uh, they wanted to assure me that, that prayer doesn't, I mean, that prayer does work. And I appreciate that, that heartfelt um, concern from people, and, and I'm sorry if I made anybody nervous. But I also got some, some other emails from people thanking me for bringing that up and saying that, you know, that's the kind of question that's been a part of their lives, either in the past or, or right now, and they were looking forward to hearing my sermon on that, and I don't get that very often. I hope I didn't uh, unrealistically raise expectations because here's the bottom line on that. God does not take the mystery out of prayer. We can know some things about it. We can share some things with each other about it. But he doesn't take the mystery out and we make a mistake when we try to do that, when we try to give pat, easy answers about prayer. So we address this in our, in our sermon outline. There's uh, three questions there. So if you want to turn to your sermon outline, three questions. Talk about not working. All right. What's wrong with this phone? <laughs> this has happened twice work. now, so it's right there. Show me again. Right there. See? The same switch that always does it. All right. You know, these guys switch from Android to iPhone, and they just don't know what they're doing. So it's a good thing I'm here to help you. Um, but, you know, you teach a man to fish, so. Wow, wow, wow. Right? A, a little condescending, <laughs> don't you think? Just trying to help. Okay, okay I, I put him up to that, although I didn't know you were going to be quite so enthusiastic about it. <laughs> I do appreciate not bringing up the age thing. But that's not actually the main point of this little illustration. But I wonder how many times we come across as a little or maybe more than a little condescending when sometimes we try to give quick and easy answers about anything, including prayer. 
But aside from that, does that illustration help explain why prayer sometimes doesn't work? Maybe a little, kind of. But I'm afraid it also still gives the impression that it's just because we don't know how to work it. That prayer is there to get us what we want, but as long as we know how to do it, it's going to work just fine. So maybe, um, maybe this other illustration would work a little more. Caleb, this thing doesn't work. Why do you say that? Well, this is one of those fancy do-everything iPhones. It's supposed to do all kinds of neat things. One of the coolest things is it's supposed to tell me what the stock market's going to do next week, but I can't get it to do that. It doesn't work. Oh, well, where, where did you hear that? I mean, did you read it in the instruction manual or on the internet or something? Mm, well, no. I, I guess maybe I just kind of assumed that's the way it's supposed to work. Okay, thanks, Pastor Adams. If the phone rings again, then it's a mistake. So, this thing right here? Okay, got it. So, does that explain why sometimes prayer doesn't work? Well, maybe. In some ways, kind of. There's still a lot of mystery for me. So, let's keep going. Let's go to point number two. Or how then? How does prayer work or how, there is, how should prayer work? And I mean from your perspective. So we could have done this as a poll, but we decided not to. So, and actually we could have put an E on there that it would, would have been all of the above. But from your perspective, how should prayer work? Should, should it work to change God's mind, to discover God's heart, to change my mind, to submit to God's will? We probably would like to put an all of the above on that, but I'm going to ask you to reconsider if that was going to be your, your choice. Because do we really Do we really want to change God's mind? Truth be told, sometimes we we do, don't we? I mean, when it comes to something specific, when we can take a step back and we can talk about it in a safe environment like this, then it's pretty easy to say, well, no, 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 I I don't want to change God's mind. Randy Frazee addressed this. He wasn't talking about this specific point, but he addressed this in the uh, companion piece that goes along with the, with the Believe book. What he, what he does very well is to tie together the two sections that we've been working in. The first one, to think like Jesus. We're done with that. I mean, it's a foundation for everything we do, and so that's what he's trying to say is now that we look at ways that we act like Jesus... To what specific belief are we, uh, are we reacting to? And with prayer, he says, talking about our basic belief in God, and he says, in prayer we're expressing the reality that he's not necessarily the God we want. We'd actually prefer ourselves, as our sinful nature leads us to do. He's not necessarily the God we want. We've come to know he is the God we truly need. Or as Luther would say, can we let... God be God. Part of what our prayer can be about. So we say it this way in in the outline. 
And maybe you've already filled in the blank. If you haven't, don't until we get through this because uh, I, I want to see what you do with it. So we used to hear this or see this. I don't know. Maybe we do. I haven't for a while, I guess. But uh, um, one kind of pat answer or way to fill in the, the blank on this would be to say prayer changes things. Maybe that's the answer you're going to want to stay with. Maybe it isn't. Another possibility could be that, that we put the word God in there, that, that prayer changes God. Or how about the last possibility, prayer changes me. I think we have a decision to make right now. If we could only choose one, which of those would we choose? What would we like prayer to do? change our circumstances, sometimes we would, lots of times maybe, to change God, we've talked about that a little, or to change me. If we can make the last one, the prayer, I think we're on to something. Maybe that's a big part of our prayer, is God help me to put me in that blank, that I want you to change me. So that we can talk about how prayer should work from God's perspective. And we list a whole bunch of things up there, and, and uh, some of those were in the Believe chapter or on the Believe card in the order of service. Um, but if, if, if what I want is for God to change me, think of how that changes this approach. Now all of a sudden, I'm more thankful for blessings received. I'm more honest in the sin that I confess, and, and I'm more anxious to receive his forgiveness. When I ask for health or material blessing, I, I do that in faith and confidence in God. I seek his guidance. I, I ask for help in knowing and doing his will. Those are all ways that we can say that, that God says prayer should work, but there's one more. One that I I believe is behind all of these. And that is that God wants prayer to work in bringing us closer to Him. So just before the service started, Ethan Adams came running in. And I don't know how many of you saw this. I was privileged to see it. But, Daddy! And then he fell flat on his face. That happens sometimes when you're little. How'd that make you feel, Caleb, when you're... When your little bud came running to you. Feels good, doesn't it? That's what God wants for us and from us. That we come running to Him. Sometimes we fall on our face. That we come running to Him. Because the way that God thinks prayer should work is that it invites us into His presence. And it reminds us of His love. No matter what our circumstances are. That it reminds us that that he listens, that he hears, that he answers, and he cares. Which brings us to, finally, I guess, our sermon text, which is hands down my favorite Bible passage on prayer. Paul says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this. He was having a problem, that it should leave me. But he, God, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power 
is made perfect in weakness. We're going to say that again as the, uh, as the, the departing word, but, but let's say it now. Let's just start with the quote there, my grace. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Three things especially that I love about this verse. I just thought of a fourth. Okay, so, so then the first one, it does away with all of that nonsense about, well, if I only prayed better, if I, if I only had stronger faith, who was more eloquent than Paul? Who had stronger faith than Paul? Nobody that I know of. Paul's faith was remarkable. My faith, not so much. But it is in my faith that, that makes God listen to my prayer or is a determining factor in how he chooses to answer it. The second thing that I like about this is, is God's power, his strength. A little later, Paul says, because when I am weak, then I am strong. That helps us to understand what, what this means. God's power cannot be revealed in us fully anyway until we are aware of our own weakness. And until in our weakness, we come to him and seek his strength and his power. Now, I'm going to guess, I don't know this, but it certainly stands to reason. I'm going to guess that St. Paul figured that he could do a better job of preaching if God would take this distraction away from him, this problem that he was having. God said, no. You're going to do better with that problem than without it. Now, maybe it was because otherwise Paul's own strength would have gotten in the way. I don't know, but this much I do know. If God had said yes to this request from Paul, we would not have this verse. And where would I go for my hands-down favorite verse (laughs) about prayer? Where would any of us go when prayer doesn't work? At least the way that, that we, in many regards, want it to. And here's the final reason that I love this verse, the last one I'm going to talk about right now anyway. And that is that it directs our attention to where it needs to be. Away from our need. Nothing wrong with expressing that, but away takes our direction away from our need and towards the grace of God. There's a lot of things we don't know about God, but this much we do know. For sure, without a doubt, He loves us completely and perfectly. Sometimes in His love, He takes us places that we don't want to go, that we would never choose for ourselves. But still we know that His grace is sufficient for us because His power is made perfect in our weakness. So finally then, what now? Some, uh, some application. We do want the service to carry on uh, beyond uh, this week. So just a couple things. There could be more, of course. But the first one is, allow from the, for the mystery. We want answers, don't we? We want to get them. We love to give them. Sometimes that's not possible. Let's allow for that. 
Well, that's what we do when we remember the greatest mystery of all, and, and that is how much God loves us in Jesus Christ. His birth we just celebrated. Last weekend, uh, we worshipped him as the one that the, the Gentile Magi came to worship. We always worship him as, as the one who gave his life for ours and gives life to us. We allow for that mystery. Let's also allow for the mystery of prayer. In fact, let's do just a little bit more than that. Let's be part of the mystery. Here's what I mean. What would conventional wisdom say? If, if something doesn't work, stop doing it. So conventional wisdom would say, when, when prayer doesn't work, stop praying. But when we believe, we don't pay so much attention to conventional wisdom. So here's some unconventional wisdom, some godly wisdom. A deep mystery that he invites us to be a part of. And that is, when prayer doesn't work, don't stop praying, but keep praying. It's what we do. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.